Praise ye the Lord. Let's bow our head and pray. Father, we thank you for this hour. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Help us to get something out of this exhortation. Teach us yourself, Lord. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Praise the Lord. Last week, we started this series, just kind of a mini-series. One, two, three. Today is the last wrap-up. You can keep on, but it's just for three three times we want to talk about this. We were talking about the activities of demons, how they cause people to sin. It's what we are talking about, not any other thing. Because they do many other things. They cause people to have sicknesses, but sin is the beginning of it all. And last weekend, or on Wednesday, we continued that with a discussion, which I believe blessed me and everybody that was here. We were talking, about, in that discussion, the Lord wanted us to pick on a particular activity. We talk about the, the pride that the devil brings. Because that was how he fell in the garden of, uh, in the beginning. Satan tried to puff himself up above God. And uh, the Lord continued to show to us that uh, the devil uses the same strategy upon mankind, trying to bring pride, he whisper pride. Whatever your accomplishment, the devil can bring it in the form of a pride. And the Bible says God resisted the proud. So that is why we don't want to go in that direction at all, at all. And we give examples and then testimonies. And examples from the real life. How the devil can try to cause people to sin by just bringing pride. Today, the Lord wanted us to talk on one other aspect of the activities that the devils or the demons use to bring people into, to cause people not to not to get your blessing. So we have been praying. Many of us want supernatural to manifest through us. But all of those small, small things are what the devils use to more like blow it off. Kind of blow off all the blessings. One of them is jealousy. And it's a spirit. Jealousy. In fact, a vision one brother had that he said he saw the army of the enemy, he said that was the largest group, because that seems to be almost everybody is involved in that. Almost everybody, even among Christians. Even in the midst of believers, jealousy. And we're going to kind of talk a little bit about it, and then distinguish between what God said about himself. God said, I am a jealous God. So we have to, we are going to distinguish that from the jealousy that afflicted mankind. Because God himself said he is a God that is called jealous, and you know why he called himself jealous. But not the kind of jealousy that afflicts human, human beings. And that is one of, I will, I will more or less distinguish that and then talk about where jealousy comes in, how we can resist it. Because we need to resist jealousy. You may say, well, it's not that bad. It's bad as far as God is concerned because it can blow off blessings from people's hands. What you're trying to get, what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to gain. And then when the devils of jealousy can come in, it actually can escalate to something bad. We all know that. Because from jealousy, envy, some other word for it, envy, it can come into what? Hatred. From hatred, you can go into murder. And we have some examples in the Bible that we're go, going to point to. But the Lord wanted us to remember that, hey, when he gave the word, even the Ten Commandments that he gave to Moses, they were all to, for our own good. The same thing, you will see in the Ten Commandments, he actually emphasize that thing which is called covetousness 
it's a root of jealousy. Because when God said, thou shalt not covet, you wonder that what, what does that really mean, thou shalt not covet? But it comes from jealousy. What is jealousy? When you desire this other fellow's sin. That is where, and what causes that? Comparing. It's comparing. Comparing what they have with what you have. And that is where the jealousy can begin to come on in. And that is what we are going to more or less point to it in a way. And but what we are trying to say is that are these things human nature or human nature that the demons can amplify? Human nature that the demons more or less will amplify. Maybe it's actually in, in human beings to, to want to do these things. But get the demons involved because the devils can see where people lack so where they have some weaknesses and all the devil has to do is to amplify that or wave some ones in front of them so that they see some things that make them rouse up this emotion and when the emotions is roused up then it goes into the scene we are talking about so whether they are generating from us or the demons just make you rouse up in that thing we need to find a way of casting these things down amen because that's all the exhortation we are doing is recognize your enemy then be guarded against it and then cast down those imaginations and capture those thoughts to the obedience of the word of God, to the obedience of Christ. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, I said I'm going to first distinguish between the jealousy that God mentioned about himself. God said, I'm a jealous God. When he was talking to Moses, he said, because the God, your God is, is called jealous. But what is God jealous about? I want, I want to distinguish between what God meant and what actually happened to humanity. Now, God was talking to the Israelites. Each time he said he is a jealous God, it was a fact that they should not worship idols. We all know that. He said they should not worship idols. But why will that be called jealousy as far as God is concerned? Think of it this way. God created all these things. God is not jealous of the God of Moab or the God of the Philistines, which is no God, just some statue. God was not jealous about how they were embracing this Moabite idol or kissing the statue or dancing before the statue. That does not God everyone knows that those are just stones that won't do nothing. God was not jealous about how the gods of all those nations were getting you know, praises from the people. But God is only jealous about his own people after he has done all these things for them that they don't take what should be going to God and give it to those other people, those other gods, those other idols. That is, if he is the one that gave you all these things, why will you take what he has given to you and attribute it to the other idol? So that can make anybody jealous. Not so. This is different from if you are looking across the fans and saying they have something better than yours. Now, you didn't plant that thing over there. See, I'm trying to make first understand the difference. I have not contributed to whatever is on the other side, but I'm envying them. I'm envying what they, their result. That is not the type of jealousy God is talking about. It's not jealousy. It's not a God of jealousy. In that. But he's saying, hey, this is where he has contributed. He has made these people come out of Egypt. He has given them all these things. And now they turn what he has given to them in the book of Jeremiah. Even Isaiah prophesied some of those things. They took God's gold, God's silver, and then they attributed those things to those idols. And said the idols gave it to them. Well, that can make anybody mad. You can see the example here in the, in the book of Jeremiah. That is the kind of jealousy. God said, I am a jealous God. 
See, he's not jealous of the idols. He's jealous of his people taking what he gives to them and attributing it to somebody else. Jeremiah was confronted with these men that went out of uh, East Judah after they had been destroyed. And Jeremiah confronted them, telling them that what they were doing in Judah was why God scattered them. When they were worshipping all the hosts of heaven, and they called one the queen of heaven, and these people replied, they have fled Judah, they've gone to Egypt. And these people replied and told Jeremiah that we are, not, we are, we are fed up with all your prophesying. We don't want to listen to these things. And they were saying, when they stopped worshipping those idols, that was when this calamity came, that they are going to go back worshipping those idols. That was how they were confused. Well, whereas God was saying, when they started worshipping those idols, that's why God brought judgment. See? So we want to understand that God's type of jealousy, when he says he's a jealous God, he's talking about, it's almost like if a husband that has a wife, and the wife and he provided everything for the wife, but instead of the wife giving the respect to the husband, she respects everybody else except her husband. That would make the husband jealous. That's the same similar thing that God was saying, that he's jealous of his own people. Now, let's go to the kind of jealousy that afflicts human beings, which is actually covetousness. And like I said, the demons just master, they just try to amplify those. If it comes from a natural human nature, the devils try to amplify it and make people go into sin from those emotions. Go with me first to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Verse 14. James was telling us here in verse 14, he said, But if ye have bitter envying, envying is another word for jealousy, they are similar. And strive in your heart, say glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For we are envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Envying and strife comes from envy. Seeing what the other person has, I say one of the reasons why people fall into it is by comparison. Comparing what the other fellow has with what you have. All faces. Maybe you compare how they are dressed. They have so much beautiful dresses. And you're comparing with what you have. And it started the jealousy. Or you're comparing how their house, what they have, the property they have with what you have. That can bring the emotions. That's what I'm talking about. Those are all the comparisons. And what did Apostle Paul say about comparing one another with one another? Even in ministries. Even among people that want to worship God, want to serve God, if you begin to compare how their ministry is expanding with what you have, you may be begin to find yourself in jealousy. Because these are the things that the devil, you just bring it back to your mind. Very soon, you can't speak comfortably with them. You can't speak comfortably with or encouraging words with them because you can't even fellowship with them because you're comparing what they have with what you have. And when the devil sees that, op that tendency in any human being, the spirit of jealousy can come upon them and begin to rouse it up. Very soon it becomes hatred. Hatred. And we're going to see examples of this in the scripture in a moment. Of people in the Bible that we see similar pattern. 
again, let's go to the story of Joseph. Let's first talk about Joseph. In Genesis chapter 37, chapter 37 is the story of Joseph, how he was with his father Jacob. And Jacob loved him more. You can say that was the cause of this. There could be cause, there could always be cause of anything. But whatever is the cause, we want to guide our heart so that we don't let the enemy take advantage of that on our side. Now, Joseph was uh, very loved by his father, and he made him a coat of many colors. And you can tell what that, we, what that created. created jealousy with his brothers or his brethren. And they hated him. That was the beginning. They say progression from jealousy to going to hatred. And you know the rest of the story of Joseph. From hatred, they wanted to kill him. That's murder. And these are the same demons. Spirits of jealousy, we, bring, we invite the spirits of hatred. They go together, and from there, the spirit of hatred, we invite the spirit of murder. And they are ready to kill because of the same simple... When we, when we know that this thing will take place, we as believers should not entertain even the first step. Do not entertain the spirit of jealousy. Don't entertain the thoughts of it. Cast it down, is what you are saying. The idea may come, the thought may come, but cast it down. Take, for example, you... You are invited to some place, you see a, a brother of yours, a Christian brother, anybody. He just bought a new house. And uh, you have been saying, gee, you go to the world, what a beautiful house. The Bible says rejoice with those that are rejoicing. Amen? You have to rejoice with those that are rejoicing. But if you are not careful, if you are not careful, what you see there, the demon whisper to your mind, gee, you are seeing this uh, dilapidated house. Very soon, you, you can't rejoice heartily with them. And that is where the jealousy starts. Very soon, you can't rejoice heartily with the fellow. That's where the jealousy starts. And if you are not quickly cashing it, very sensitive that, hey, that thought, that mood that comes upon you, that emotion is not from the Spirit of God. It's from the world. It's from the from inside of you or from demons that are around. If you don't cast it down immediately, very soon, you are going to be trapped in this thing we are saying because it generates hatred. Before you know it, we generate murder because these are demons that go together. They are like family. They go together. So that is what we are talking about. God watches those things. If God wants to bless you, he might test you with that. See how you react when you see your brother is blessed first. See how you see your, your other sister is blessed first. And it's waiting on you seeing to see. He wanted to bring yours, but if you let your heart become bitter, angry because of what you just saw, that fellow God is so blessing. It sometimes even disallow you from praying right. Because when you should be saying, hey, God is going to provide man, get your faith high up and say, Lord, thank you for that, brother. Lord, when are you going to bring mine? If you don't do it that way and you begin to be, you may not even be able to pray right. You begin to accuse God that God is favorite. No, he's showing favorite or something. And the Bible makes it clear. In fact, many of the ministers in this uh, evangelical, uh, evangelical world have been pointing this thing out. That do you know many believers in the church, they don't get miracles as quickly as unbelievers that just come to church. Unbelievers come to church and bang, they got miracles. Why the believer is still thinking that, gee, I expect something from God. And when that fellow gets the miracle that they are still carrying their sickness and that fellow just come and the, pray, the preacher pray for him, 
And God a miracle. And they wondered when they instead of crying unto God, they became jealous. And said, Gee, they are not even godly. They are not even worshiping God. How come I didn't get the miracle? I've been there for years. And now they are accusing God. That is why we have to be careful. Because that's how the devil wants to use those to bring accusation. Remember the story of Job? Job came and the, Bible, the devil said, if I can touch him like this, he will begin to curse you yourself. Right before your face. So we have to know that, hey, the devil uses those as tricks to make human beings fall, to make human beings sin against God. So we have to guard against all those things. So I said, Joseph was, in chapter 37, verse 3 to 4, he was loved of his father and his brethren. We know what happened in the end. He told them, miracle, you know, the, 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 he was given colorful clothes by his father. His brothers hated him. Verse 4, when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And that is what we are talking about. You sense, you may say, well, I really don't hate that brother. That's how many people try to justify or try to convince themselves, well, I really didn't, I did not hate him. But you couldn't speak peaceably with him anymore. You, if you sense that, you should check yourself. Why? Something has come upon you. Why am I not speaking peaceably? Why am I not speaking comfortably? You know, even when we, when in ministries, people do that a lot. Start when we started this fellowship, you all remember when we started this fellowship, there will be sort of brain that just begin to be jealous of the pastor and the brain that started the fellowship. And they couldn't speak peace. They may first say, maybe you shouldn't do that. And when he went and did it and started the fellowship, and then very soon they just couldn't speak peaceably, comfortably. When you sense that in yourself, you should watch, check yourself and say, wait a minute, could this be jealousy? Because I try to counsel some bread and when things like that occur, say, Wash out against the spirit of jealousy because it comes in so many flavors. When you see a brother, in fact, it's a, there's, a, there's a, a proverb that Solomon gave to us here. If I see in a moment, I will. Solomon said it in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 4. He said, Every labor, it's still a labor travail that human beings are traveling, but yet his neighbors will be jealous of him, envy. He is working hard, he is laboring, and they are jealous of him. Is result. They are not seeing the labor, or they are not trying to put themselves in that labor and say, hey, you are doing so, you are working so hard. They should be pitying him. But he said they will be jealous. This is what Solomon said. Again, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 4. I consider all travail. He said, travail and every right work that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. Think of it. You go about preaching from village to village, performing wonders, and come back and tell these miracles that God has done and sharing with people, it creates jealousy. In fact, Apostle Paul said it another way. He said some people even began to preach out of envy before, for him. So, you know, it happens even in preaching about, it happens in all ordinary life, but you will say, well, maybe it's just human nature. Yes, yeah, human nature, but make sure you control those human nature because Christ came so that he can destroy the sinful nature from our lives. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So those are part of the works of the devil. You don't, uh, don't want that to take control of your life, of your, of your behaviors. Because when you begin to take control of your behavior, your reactions to your neighbor, your reactions to your brothers, to your sister, to other churches, to other people in other churches, that reaction alone 
is what the Lord is watching. God watches your reactions to what, and then God is seeing the motive, why he's reacting that way. But if we also are ahead of the game, we can quickly watch and say, a minute, I, somehow I didn't react right. Could that be jealousy? Somehow some form of jealousy? Somebody can come to you quickly and tell you what great thing you just did. You just invested in that thing. And somehow you got an inkling. You draw his money. And there it, it made some million. And yours was lost. You scratch your head. You, see, it, you, you, say, you don't know how to react to that because you just lost and he just won. See, those are the kind of things that the enemy look at opportunity like that and say, well, let me make him be jealous. And the next time you see the brother, are you still able to rejoice with him when you lost something? So you have to be careful and say, Lord, help me out. We need to pray. It's something that the devil uses over the whole world. Everybody, nobody's exempted. But we need to guard against this thing because God said he watches over all those motives and all our reactions between one another. So that we can be blessed. God wants to bless us, but he doesn't want all those things to be hindrances to our prayers. Amen? Amen. Well, let's talk about another story of the one we all, most of us know about this. First Samuel chapter 18. First Samuel chapter 18. This is the story of David and King Saul. You know where we are coming from. David came and he was already anointed by Samuel. As the next king, he was just a young man. King Saul was already being plagued by a demon. We all know it was a devil that the Bible said an evil spirit from God was troubling King Saul. And then he needed somebody to play organ to cool him down. They said, Oh, if somebody can be singing spiritual songs before you, king, that's emotion. What do they mean by uh, an evil spirit? It just made him to be angry, man, and they say he was also prophesying inside the house, which means. Those are demons of that were also prophesied. So they said, let's call for a harp. Somebody that can play the harp. And they found David. And they brought David before the king. Now, Saul didn't know about David before that. He was not aware that David had been anointed king when he was a young boy. So all they, all they heard about, all they knew was that they wanted somebody that can play the harp. So they got David from many cities away. And he came, started living in the palace of King Saul. Anytime they saw that the demons have come against Saul and he was so angry a man and stopping the floor and kicking and they know that thing has come upon him. It's like an emotion. And they will call David, come and start playing your harp before he grew, before he did anything bad or killed somebody. So David would get the harp and started playing and playing some spiritual songs. And when demons hear that, they left. And Saul was calmed. Well, that was not what we were talking about. That's just telling you the background of what was going on. Until jealousy was added, which we all know the story in First Kings chapter 18. Let's read that. So demons, they go in groups. But when you add another demon down, they're becoming worse. And that is what we're talking about here in chapter 18. Those demons, they always visit King Saul, like we said. But add jealousy, they are not living anymore. Chapter 18 from verse 6 to 9. This was after David has showed himself and uh, killed Goliath. He became a great hero. Saul himself was pleased. But the women came from the cities and turned things around by singing praise of King David, or David the young man. Verse 6. 
It came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines that the women came out of all cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tablets, with joy, and with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Well, you may say, well, just praise the young boy. Nobody thought of that could be anything. They just trying to praise. It's almost like when a, a mother tried to praise the little boy that he has and almost exulting above the daddy. Should daddy be angry? But it could create something like that. Jealousy. How much more when Demon was already there with King Saul. And Saul was very rough, verse 8. And the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me, they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? Verse 9, and Saul eyed David from that day and forward. Now that was how jealousy crept in, comparing what he had with what David, this young man, had. The praise that he just, he just got. Now look at what happened in verse 10. I say each time David will, the king will be in that mood, that emotion, they will call this apis and he will play and the demon will leave. But not when jealousy was added to those demons. It's almost like the king welcomed them now. See, that's something I wanted to, to all of us to know about demons. If you welcome them, they don't leave. If you entertain them, let me give an example. Take a, a doctrine a philosophy or an ideology. Women liberation is a good example because that came from the pit of hell. Where it came around and it came like uh, ideas and very soon it crops into the world and it may look like it's okay. Well, what, they, what, what is it? They're just talking about pay, equal pay, yeah? But now it crept into the houses. Husbands and wives are fighting one another. It crept into the churches and very soon it became something that is a warfare. So that's an example. If, if a Christian believer says, well, I don't believe in those things, but if you welcome some of those ideology and they, they become your ideology, those demons don't live. It's like, oh, he, he allowed us. I remember, I think it was somebody that gave me a testimony where they went to cast, the, there was a lunatic spirit, and they were casting these demons out, and then the lunatic says, say, wait, and these are people that try to cast out demons, they try to say, and the, the man that was talking said, well, they have left. And they said, well, you also, you, what's your own name? And they called and said, well, you come out to say, no, no, I'm not leaving. That demon said, I'm not leaving. This, this is my house. Well, that is, there are some demons that won't leave because the man welcomed them in. That is what you see about this king Saul. Those other demons that will come, make him prophesy, make him so nervous, make him fidgety, make him throw in everything. When they when the spiritual songs begin to go into the air, they leave. So he didn't welcome those demons. They attacking him. But now when jealousy was added in, he welcomed jealousy because he, he has a reason for that jealousy. This boy is now getting the praise. So he welcomed jealousy and the others won't leave. Say, so, well, it's our brother. They just stay with the same demon. And that was what you see here. How do you know the demons won't leave? Because of his reaction. Here in verse 10. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul. Well, they always say it's from God. 
Why? Because it was God that uh, anointed King Saul. So for anything like to happen, God must have allowed it. And they said, Saul prophesied in the midst of the house. So they called David to play. So David played with his hand as at other times. But there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. Now, it's becoming not just a demon that David can play the harp and will leave. No, they are no more living. Because the king wanted them to stay. You see? The king wanted them to stay. In many forms, when we try to cast out devils, we, I remember exhorting one person one long time ago in Nigeria, I said, you have to reject the demon yourself. You have to reject the demon. Even the demons that do anything, you command them to come out. If this fellow is not insane, he has to reject the demon. I remember one time in, when I was still at Arizona State University, and uh, a young man that was a student that I ministered to, and he told me that he was seeing things. And, and he, was not, he was not a Catholic, he was not seeing things by Holy Ghost. So he said he was seeing things, he couldn't concentrate, he, his mind was being taken back by those things he was seeing, demons. And uh, it was one of my students because I was teaching assistant. So I talked to him and said, well, can I, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, you can pray for me. So I took him to church, we prayed for him. And he was like this in the church. He was looking around, he said he was seeing things right in the church. And the Lord spoke to me when he was going to be delivered. The Lord told me that I should tell him in the church while everybody was clapping hands. The Lord told me to talk to this young man and said, do you want these things to leave you? So I asked him, the Lord said, do you really want these things to leave you? He said, yes. He has to say it to someone that he wanted them to leave. Because actually, he actually invited them in first by reading some books. Because he told me how he got involved in it. He was reading some books on all those type of things that how to get tapped into the other world that many students were getting into. And that was how they overwhelmed his mind. Then he wanted to get out. They, they couldn't let him get out. Then he met a preacher, so I started talking to him about Jesus. So that was how I met him. So the Lord said, do you want to let this demons, all these things to leave you? He has to say, yes, I don't want them anymore. And when he said, yes, I don't want them anymore, the Lord said, kneel down with him. While the church was still going on, and I laid my hand upon his back, like me and him kneeled down, and I commanded them to leave. And as we stood up, the man said, everything just turned around because the Lord took them away. That is what I mean, that you've got to let them. you got to say, I reject them. The same thing with all these things we are talking about. Whether they come like thoughts or like ideas, you have to reject them. Don't, uh, don't avoid and say, no, that man make me mad. That's why I'm not going to. No, you are accepting anger. You are retaining it. And the demons of anger will stay with the fellow. If you say, no, he has done so well, I can't forgive that. When God says forgive, you are actually retaining those demons and they won't leave. You've got to let them go. You've got to tell them to leave. That I want to forgive like God said. I want to love like God said. Then they can stay around because you are rejecting them. That is what we are talking about. This is how you conquer the devils. You've got to reject them and reject their ideology and reject their thoughts. Take them captive to the obedience of the word of God. And then you have the victory. Because if you think, well, I still have to hammer this hatred, you are not injuring the fellow. You are, hammering, you are injuring yourself. Because that is the key thing. Those demons that are around, they don't, they are not there for good, not for your own good either. Amen. 
So in first, that's the first chapter 18 that we say, and verse 10 to 12 is where I will point again in what happened. Yeah, that's what I just read. David couldn't drive those demons away by just playing guitar anymore. Why? Because the, the king welcomed those demons. Very soon he wanted to kill David that was playing the, the piano or the, the harp. So we need to know that the Lord wanted us to overcome, to have victory over all those things and don't welcome them. Now, covetousness is exactly how they come around, how the jealousy come around. What the Bible say about covetousness? Let's open to Exodus chapter 20 and see what the Lord said. Exodus chapter 20. Praise the Lord. Verse 17. This is where God gave the Lord. And he listed, he said, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. So covetousness is what? Trying to, you desire what they have. Why will you desire? Because you have compared what they have with what you have, and you think they are better. Or they are more, or they are this, or they are that. But God said, "Thou shalt not covet." So when you, when the thought come to you, cast it down. Be grateful for what you have. Amen. And let the Lord bless your heart. Psalm one nineteen verse thirty seven. I'm giving some of the solutions the Lord wanted us to remember now because I'm going to wrap it up. It's going to be short. All the last two psalms, I noticed I was here for seventy minutes. Seventy minutes. Time flies. Psalm 119, verse 37. These are some of the Bible verses which you remember. You use for praying. Pray for yourself. Psalm 119, verse 37. Here King David said, Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity. Turn away. You pray and say, Lord, whatever you see that you are preferring that to yours, comparing that. I say, turn away your eyes. Lord, turn away my eyes from beholding vanity, because those are vanity things. And quicken me in thy way. Second Corinthians chapter 10. This is what Apostle Paul was saying about how we should. He said, those who are comparing themselves with themselves, he said, they are not wise. Don't do it. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 12. So he said, For well, we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. When you begin to compare what you have or what the other fellow have, that is where you begin to uh, open up the door for jealousy. Whether demons or your emotions, you are opening the door. And the demons see an open door and they try to go through it. And the Lord said, and what does it normally bring? It brings you, like I said, you cannot speak peaceably to the other people while you have been jealous. And if you sense that, you should repent and pray and ask the Lord to help you. And then cast it down. And then speak peaceably to the fellow. And another thing, it, 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 it will make people to speak evil things. Before you know it, if you don't, if you don't cast it down, you begin to speak evil things about the fellow, about the other person about the other party. It's almost like when you see a preacher on the congregation and preach about that pastor over there, before you know they're actually casting the other person down because of, it could actually be jealous. They're jealous of that other ministry and they start on their own pulpit and bring them down. 
the form of jealousy is what is causing most of those. And when the Lord said, love one another, he meant it. Love is the principal thing that really conquers some of these things. First Corinthians chapter 13. The Bible says, love is not what is not envious. That is the key that we need to exercise. Love is not envious. And when you see envy trying to rise up, you bring love to quench it. Amen? When you see envy trying to rise up, you bring love to quench it. Because love is not envious. Apostle Peter was saying in Second Peter chapter 2 that when people that allow those things, before they, they will be talking of evil, of even dignities. When you think of it in this nation right now, there are a lot of people that have rose up and started talking about Obama against him. And when you really see the root of what is causing them to be speaking like that is jealousy. They always do that against any president. Very soon they become the critics of that president. It's actually, the root, the root of all those things may be jealousy. They may not know. They may not tell. They may think, no, it's not jealousy, but it's, it's root, hidden in the root of what is causing them to speak like that against dignities. See, Obama or any great person, you just make sure that you are not participating. Don't let, don't let jealousy be the root of what you are saying. Amen? You can see examples also in uh, stories of, of, of Rachel in Genesis chapter 30. We may say, well, that is natural thing. Those are natural things, but be careful about those natural things. Rachel was the, was the wife of Jacob. And you remember the story of Jacob? He had two wives. Rachel was what he really wanted. And they switched around and gave him, gave Jacob Rachel's sister, Leah. And then God didn't bless, and God started blessing Leah with children because it looked like she was hated. By, his, by the husband. And Rachel became what? Well, it could be jealousy. She looked around. Here, this, her sister has got four, five children. And she had to speak almost evil. Say, Give me a child or I die. See, it will bring jealousy. It will begin to bring some bad words from the mouth if you don't quench it. And that's an example. Now I say it will lead to hatred and also it can lead to enmity. You see that in the story of David and Saul. And in all of these things, the Lord wants us to overcome these things. And the way to overcome them, prayer. Don't compare. Be watchful. Like I said, say watch and pray. Watching what thoughts come to your mind. You have to watch any thoughts or ideas that come to your mind and cast down imagination and every thought, like the Bible said, to the obedience of what the Word of God says. God says, I should rejoice with them that rejoice. Rejoice with them. Amen. That is how you, you have to constantly remind yourself when the thoughts come before you begin to say something negative about the other person. Stop and say, wait a minute, could it be jealousy? Of course, they will try to say, no, it's not jealousy. That fellow really did right. I remember somebody said, when they come to Nigerian party, where all the sisters wear their gear like this, and they, say, oh, they, are, they, they started criticizing how these sisters are dressing up. I say, wait a minute, can it be jealousy? Be careful. Don't let it be jealousy. Because you are comparing. See, when you begin to compare how they dress with what you have or you don't have, it's going to rouse up that way. See, God said, when you allow that, it begins slander. Whether you say it to them or you say it behind them, it is slander. It's Psalm 50. I'm going to wrap up with this Psalm so that you know how God sees these things. Psalm 50, I'm reading verse 16. Psalm 50, 
If the thought comes to your mind, don't act on it. Pray and cast it down. Before you begin to open your mouth, because most of the time it's the opening of the mouth when you begin to say some things, before you begin to do any other reaction, that is the first reaction. Words. Hateful words. Criticism. And you don't realize that it's actually jealousy that's creating that. And very soon it comes to some other actions or reactions. And the Lord said here, he said, but unto the wicked, God called it wickedness. Unto the wicked, God said, what hast thou to do to declare my status, or that thou should take thy, my covenant in thy mouth, seeing thou hatest instruction, and casted my words behind thee, when thou sawest a thief, then thou consented with him, and hast been partaker with adulterers, Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou seated and speakest against thy brother. Thou slanderest thy own mother's son. That is what it will bring. Jealousy will bring slander. Speaking against your brother. Behind their back, of course. That is, see, God said, God is looking at those things. God is seeing those things. God is watching those things. And God said, These things as thou done, and I kept silence. Thou thought that I was altogether such an one as thy said. Because God didn't just smack you on the face. You think, well, I must be right. No, you are not right. If you are speaking behind the other person, speaking bad about it, criticizing them from their back. God doesn't have to strike you down. Say, you, I said, I kept silent. You think I must be somebody like you. Say, but I will reprove thee and say them in order before thy eyes. Amen. So that is how the Lord sees it. Because jealousy creeps in and people don't notice it very soon. They are speaking, criticizing. Very soon they will be acting or reacting negatively. And they couldn't speak peace. But what does it do? It does not allow God to move for you. If God is bringing something and you already bring jealousy, it's clouded the environment. God cannot move for you. But we want the Lord on our side. Amen? We want God to move for us. So what is the solution? Like I said, love. First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4. He said, love is not envious. You've got to practice that regularly and remind yourself of that. This is what the Bible says. And let that love permeate. Let it overrule any other thought. Let love overrule any other thought and say, well, yes, I may not have what they have right now, but I'm trusting God who is able to provide, supply all my need, all my need. He will supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's stand up and pray. We're going to just pray for ourselves. That will be the end of the sermon. And we can go on with many other things that the devil does, but this and the other one, you can imagine all the other things the devil could do. Anger, bitterness, all of those things that he uses. But you can think of that day, if you are sensitive that those are also workings of the devil, and all I have to do is to recognize it before I let it dominate my life, dominate my mind, and cast it down and let your mind be free, then you'll be able to freely worship the Lord. In spirit, in spirit and in truth. That is how you go to worship the Lord in truth. Because you are open before the Lord. Hey, search my heart, Lord. If you see any bitterness, any jealousy, uproot it, Lord. So that I can freely worship the Lord in truth. And also fellowship with my own brethren and my neighbors sincerely. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you. And talk to the Lord yourself. Father, we thank you. Father, we worship you. Father, we praise you. Father, we adore thee. We know, Lord Jesus, that the, everybody, from the beginning to the end, we are all attacked by all those thoughts, whether from inside emotions or from the outside demons trying to attack. But, Lord, you have given us the tools and the weapons, the word of God, that we should remember the word of God and speak it out. 
by the confession. He said they overcame the dragon by the blood of the Lamb of God and by the word of their testimony. So as you confess the word, Lord, we know we are going to have that victory. We already have the victory. So thank you, Lord Jesus. If there's anybody here and you need prayer, you know that some of those things is you you have it it's jealousy hatred pride it's what we talked about last week or last wednesday but you just need prayer that we should pray for you so that you can be set free from these things you need some deliverance because some of those things they become stronghold we want you to come forward so we can pray along with you right now you need the deliverance because you know that hey i've been trying i've been struggling to get rid of this i just needed this jealousy to get out of my life Come, let's pray along with you. Or maybe yours is not really jealousy. It's the pride thing that we talk about on Wednesday. Or any other thing that the demons use those things, just could be bitterness. You couldn't, you couldn't forgive. And those are also going to be demonic ways of making people remember what the other gave you. You keep remembering the past. The Bible says, love, remember it, not the wrong, done to it. Love, remember it, not the wrong, done to it. So you have to ask for deliverance if you have been trying to Blow it away and it's coming back. Blow it away. Maybe you need help. Maybe you need help. We have to help one another. So come forward if you need prayer so that we can lay our hand upon you and pray with you. Not just pray for you. We are going to pray with you so that we break all these bands. Or yours may not. Maybe it's not pride. Maybe it's not jealousy. Or maybe it's not bitterness. Unforgiveness. You just couldn't forgive. Or you say, oh me. You're actually against God. You think God is the one that do this to you. You know, we talked about pride last week. Last Wednesday. A poor man, even an homeless person can be proud. I've preached a sermon before where I saw a man pushing his cart in the streets and I tried to talk to him about God. He, he just hated God. He said, don't talk to me about God. He said, it was pride. And he, he needs to be humble because the only person that can solve his problem was God. And he thought in his mind, and that's what they would do, they bring evil thoughts to you, making you think it was God that makes it happen. If God is alive, you should have not allowed this to happen. How dare you say that? So you need prayer. Come forward. Let's pray for you because it may be a, a stronghold in your mind that you couldn't break loose that thought, that idea. And you need to be set free from those ideas so that God can penetrate with his light to help you. Amen. So help us pray. Just pray along with us. Father, we thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. And let your name of the Lord be praised. Thank you, Jesus. Come forward. Let's pray for you. Say that call that by share that you are the call about a heart of a call.